Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in for a special update episode of Crime Over Wine. I am back again with the one, the only, Michelle Heron. Hello, Michelle. Hi! So, we are both drinking wine, obviously. Um, Michelle did have to remind me, but, like, so, like, you know, a little twist of fate there. But um, we are back dropping into your feeds because we have um, a special update episode on a case that Michelle and I brought you a couple weeks ago. It is episode 11. It's the Stephen Smith episode. So much has happened since we dropped this. And, like, literally to the point where, like, we, like, the episode drops, Michelle, and, like, we were talking back and forth, and we were like, oh my goodness, like, why couldn't this have happened, like, literally week before? And, like, we would have had all this stuff in here. So we have a lot to talk about, Michelle, and I know that you have a lot to say, I have a lot to say, so let's just dive into it, huh? <laughs> I know. I mean, anyone who is a crime junkie, and, like, when you start oh, yeah. seeing, like, updates on, like, cold cases, like, it gets so exciting, and... Mm-hmm. That's literally what we've been like. Yeah. Especially, especially this one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there, I mean, this is like, this is like, I mean, you, we've talked about this so much, but like, it's like so heartbreaking, like the way that this young man was done in, like by, from like start to finish. Um, but finally, some justice is happening. So let's dive into some justice, right? Um, so first things first. So um, pretty much right off of the bat, as soon as we up, um, uploaded the episode, as soon as it dropped, the family announced that they had raised enough money, unsurprisingly, because I mean, everyone cares about this case at this point to have his body exhumed officially. And so that officially happened. Um, he, uh, Stephen had a second autopsy done down in Florida. Um, the results, though, were not disclosed 100% publicly, so we don't really know. Like, the autopsy was not fully published because it's still under investigation. Um, so we don't know what caused his death just yet, but we do know that his death certificate officially classifies his death as a homicide now, which is, I mean, monumental. They were already a- a- investigating it as a homicide, but now, like, that word on a death certificate means absolutely everything to the family at this point yeah it it really does and when you think about you know okay the results weren't disclosed publicly but this also gives you know if and when there's a trial in the future and that could be years down the road Mm -hmm. but that's evidence that the family now has because they helped pay for this so that so that's something that they can present at trial and trials, you you want to preserve as much evidence as possible so that the jury isn't swayed in any way. Right. So uh, that's partly why um, that's not being disclosed publicly. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, because that's that, and that's a really good point. But also too, um, you know, just the fact because because before, you know, if it's if there's like a question about whether or not um someone's how how someone died, whether it was suicide or or whatever or or what have you, um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do in terms of damages, right? So like mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, this again, this is going to come years down the and down the lo- down the line. I'm sure of it. But now they're able to file wrongful death lawsuits. They're able to file. They're able to file claims with insurance if he 
had any insurance, mm-hmm. probably not, but like maybe he did. But like, let's say he had some sort of something that like, you know, that gave them a little bit of money. They can now do all of that because his death was was classified as, you know, as a homicide and as something that should not have happened, um, you know, and completely out of their control. So that that's I mean, that's huge, especially for, again, a family like this. It sounded like they didn't have a whole lot of means. I mean, that's going to be life changing for them. And it, like for yeah. years, they, you know, had all this heartbreak and now they can finally, you know, like it's not going to fix it. But, you know, money certainly helps. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and the so you say like wrongful death lawsuits, things like that, that that's held in civil court, which is mm-hmm. different than criminal. Oh, court. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. And the bar, uh, the bars are different mm-hmm. than what has to be proven in court. So, um, yes, that will be handled in a in a different courtroom mm-hmm. with a different judge, with you know, with, with different players of the game, yeah. essentially. Right. Um, but it does open up the doors for it to go down that route if need be yeah and you know again notably too you know if if we're not especially uh thanks because thanks for bringing that up because if we're you know not dealing with with the criminal court justices i mean or judges then we then we you know and we know who who was best friends with the with those criminal court justices in south carolina in the low country um and so i'm sure that you know helps quite a bit too the fact that that's kind of you know moved into a little bit of a different area at that point to help them out a good bit um, so that's important, but we do have a whole criminal thing to get to too, um, because that is like the most recent development. And you know, I heard, I saw this headline and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, Michelle, because I really <laughs> didn't think we'd ever get there. Um, but just recently, I mean, and just within the last like what two weeks or so, um, I'll have to look at the date. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, attorneys um, said that a grand jury has been impaneled um, to look at this case. And that is, as I know you know, Michelle, the very first step to hand down some criminal charges against somebody, which is monumental. I mean, I can't even begin to, to put enough weight into that. Yeah. So the grand jury process is um, done behind closed doors, but a grand jury is seated. It, it's a jury of your peers, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what this country yeah. stands on. Same representation um, of a regular jury. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. These folks go in and they sit down and um, a, a district attorney will, will present the evidence that they have at hand that a uh, grand jury will will listen to it. That's not open to the public, so the news is not allowed to be there. Um, you know, just regular citizens can't go right. and sit down and watch. Kind of like in a regular courtroom, it's not done like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, but that's how. And then the the grand jurors decide if they want to hand down an indictment or not, and that's called a true bill or no true true mm-hmm. bill. So um, that's when they decide if if they want to hand down charges. And um, that's also a different way of being charged, you know, separately from like police. Mm -hmm. So maybe uh, you're in a situation and the police charge you and you go to jail that night. This is like a kind of a secondary process Mm -hmm. because sometimes they don't have all the evidence that they need right then and there to charge you. And it has to be taken to the grand jury. Right, right, right. So that's kind of the, the two different ways that you can be charged criminally. in our country yeah and you know i thought this was interesting and maybe you can kind of weigh into this a little bit too because you talk about the the because you know i love you know hearing all your crime expertise michelle um the (laughs) you know because you talk about it being done in secret which is so important for so many different reasons um but i'm like you know typically you don't even know that a grand jury is even happening um you know Mm -hmm. in in a lot of different cases and so it's really interesting that this attorney was able to talk about that so publicly um and so and and like literally and when i say in secret i mean it's literally like the 
prosecution team and the jury and the grand jury. And that's it. Like, like, like defense attorneys aren't allowed in there. Like they'll bring witnesses in as needed, but like even they can't hear what each other is saying. Like it's like Mm -hmm. a very behind closed door process. And so, so I'm wondering though, like how, like I'm like how that even like comes out like and like why he was able to talk about that so much um and so i'm wondering what 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 do you think about that because i i have a couple of thoughts but what what are your thoughts i i honestly i don't know mm. um i i don't know how he would have heard um the only thing i can think of is that there's just so much attention and so yeah. much interest um that that could possibly be why and yeah. maybe they want to get ahead of it before maybe some other players in the case might start mm. talking to the media um yeah. mm. and that could be handled differently down the road you know there could be a judge down the road that hands down a gag order which prevents mm. everyone from talking about It'll it. It'll probably happen in this case. It, I, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, if there's a case that qualifies, it's certainly this one, right? Um, but I also, so, so my thought, I, one of the thoughts that crossed into my head was because, because of the way that the, that this, that the, this initial investigation kind of played out, um, in terms of not a whole lot of people, um, you know, knowing, you know, or, or speaking up and, you know, so many people like kind of being, you know, potentially silenced, um, about, mm-hmm. about what may or may not have happened to, to Steven. Um, I'm also wondering too, if this is maybe like some sort of tactic on behalf of the state to be to like put some pressure onto people and to be like you know yeah like it's coming like it's coming it's it's been eight years but it's finally coming it's been eight years next week by the way um but it's finally coming um and yeah. so like I, that's that's the only thing that that was like like maybe this was like some sort of strategic you know tactic to be able to do that so that way you know they you know maybe they'll start squealing in some way you know or or come forward or you know something i don't know i i I got that kind of feeling that they were like waiting for that one extra thing to kind of to kind of shake loose yeah and if investigators can put a little pressure yeah absolutely that could be just enough pressure to get someone to come forward yeah for so they sure. want to cooperate yeah for sure so um so a couple of notes on that on that front too so eric bland is the attorney we were just talking about um and so he's also the attorney by the way um who's representing gloria satterfield's family um the murdoch uh the murdoch family uh housekeeper who died under uh, mysterious circumstances in 2018 um he said on lots of different news networks um he said that he believes that substantial progress is being made in this investigation based on what he's been told by the by sled and by state investigators um he says interestingly that there are probably five to six individuals that have quote material information as to what had happened to steven and he believes that an answer so probably an indictment could come by labor day um he told the law the law and crime network that the consensus is that steven did die on the road that night and you remember we were kind of questioning whether he was killed somewhere Mm -hmm else or left there um but he says that the consensus is that he did die there and that he didn't die somewhere else um but the question as a a question that we all have um is what caused his death of you know whether of how this all kind of played out um and he also said that um you know and this was as of um i believe a week ago he told court tv that subpoenas are being issued and that warrants are still being executed up until this up until that point anyways so they're working oh yeah they're busy they're they're Mm -hmm. not taking any days off it's not 
yeah. summertime in that office and they've got work to do. Yeah. And you know, um, I, cause, and a lot of that I feel like has to come down to, you know, the journalists, to the people, to the, to the, to the crime lovers of the world who saw this case and said, something's not right about that and spoke up and, you know, and did not shut up, you know, and frankly, actually leave all those people out of it. That the the credit to that comes goes down to Sandy, frankly, because mm-hmm. she did not stop talking for years and years and years and years and years until someone finally heard her. Um, and so you know a lot of that you know the it has has to come down to her because other because otherwise the the you know at, at some point this all this all this stuff would have went away. So yeah, and the the point of the consensus that Stephen um did die on the road and didn't die somewhere else. You know that that is important because when you're trying to narrow down and you're trying to piece together an investigation, you have to answer all questions oh, yeah. possible. So if you can rule out didn't die somewhere else, died on the road, that helps point your your investigation into a direction. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's a lot of what these investigators and lawyers and, and people involved are doing is yeah. trying to rule out the noise and, and the other things that it can't be. So they can focus on what it can be yeah. and see what that theory looks like. Yeah, and and too, so the, so the specificity that you're talking about there is really really important um, because I mean at the end of the day, if if you you can lay out all of the motive and opportunity that you that you want, but if you can't say for sure how how you believe this person died. I mean, you don't have a case, right? Because because who's mm-hmm. to say that it that you know? Sure, you have the motive, you have the opportunity, but you don't have. But how the heck do they do it? You know, you don't you don't know. Yeah. You you can't figure that stuff out. So it's so important. That's so so important to be able to figure that out. And those are some of the hardest cases mm-hmm. that you know if if prosecutors take cases to you know to trial if you don't have a body or if you mm. don't have you know oh, the means yeah. of how it happened you know because that's what juries want they they want as much evidence as possible so that they can make the best educated guess that they can make yeah. beyond um, a shadow of a doubt right exactly yeah. exactly that's a high bar mm-hmm. that's a very high bar and so the more information the more scientific information that you can give yeah. to a jury that's what they want because they're going to feel confident in making that verdict. Yeah. Well, and two, so I think a, like a suspect, obviously, I mean, that's f- place one, right? To be able to go to say, hey, this person did this. And so interestingly, this blew my mind. We were just talking about this. Um, you know, a um, two people, according to a report by Fitz News, um, they got a hand, a hold of a whole bunch of documents related to this case somehow. Um, but they said that two people were named as persons of interest in multiple different sled reports. And so those people are named and you're not going to recognize his names, but there are Patrick Wilson and Sean Connolly. They're both at this point 25 years old. Um and they live just a few miles from the crime scene. And interestingly enough, so so we didn't name their names, um but we did talk about them in episode 11. Um so Patrick, um if you remember, so so um a a um investigator got a a, a call from a man who said that he that his son had said that his friend had um had admitted to this to to his stepson um that he killed Stephen Smith that it was a that he hit him with his car this is how this all played out he admitted it to him and so this so I guess he went and told his stepdad and he called this into police um so that so that stepson is Patrick Wilson and that friend is Sean Connolly um and those are again so those are the people who um who I guess in passing to investigators um told them that the reason that they called it into police um, was because Randy Murdoch 
um, Alec Murdoch's older brother told him to call this into police. Um, and so that's how all this happened. Um, and interest, so this is like kind of a little bit of a side, but I think it ends up being relevant at the end. So I guess maybe hold on to this a little bit, Michelle. Um, but so interestingly at the time, so Patrick was facing attempted murder charges for an incident that I know nothing about. There was nothing out there about this, about this attempted murder charge. Um, but interestingly, so the charges right after this accident were, um, or excuse me, right after this call were dropped by the solicitor who employed, by the way, none other than Alec Murdoch at the time. And it's really not clear at this point, um, at whether Alec was like an actual, like employee of the solicitor's office um or if like because if you remember like there was like the whole thing about like alec just like walking around with the badge but like no longer being employed with them not really mm-hmm. totally 100 percent clear like what that timeline was but that's the same office um and then also too so after all of this randy murdoch um fi- ended up filing two motor vehicle accident lawsuits against sean who has like a bunch of different like dui charges and stuff um which were eventually both dropped by a judge at some point and i also was reading a lot about um how i guess those judges have like direct ties to the murdoch family of like just being buddies but like there were also like every single judge in this district is like buddies with the Murdoch. So like, I don't really know how much you can read into that, but that's how it happened. And so, yeah, just, I mean, just a lot of like, you know, of, you know, circular stuff and like, you know, potential backdoor deals being made and it all just kind of looks weird. And especially, and like, again, I would have discounted every single thing on this list if, except for the fact that they showed up on the SLUD report as persons yeah. of interest in all this, which is crazy to me. So it, it really is. And I think it, it just kind of is another tally mark uh, under the side mm. of mm, something doesn't sound right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because if if there's nothing to hide, then why wouldn't it be documented correctly? Oh, right. Why wouldn't it be easy to piece together? Why wouldn't it be easy to to prove or disprove? Right. You know right, what right. I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I will say too. So so at the time they were minors and all of this, uh, Patrick and Sean. So like maybe that has something to do with it. It's all just very weird. And it, again, it just all like seeps right into like the Murdoch family. You know of of you know of these deals that they that they make and the connections that they have and like the power that they use to be able to get what they want and protect the name and all that stuff and you know if they you know i don't know i just i see like my brain is just going with like theories and possibilities of like how this could have all played out if indeed patrick and sean were were indeed involved and you also said something to michelle right before we got on the podcast which now uh, is now striking me of because you said something because when i said oh like these are the two people um you were like oh those the two guys in the truck because if you remember steven said that he was told Mm -hmm. um i can't remember his name but the guy he was seeing or Mm -hmm. seeing not seeing um that he was being followed by two guys in the truck the day he died so i mean that that tracks right yeah i mean it, it would uh it, if we could confirm you know what were they driving i mean mm-hmm. yeah it could because it wasn't like a dark yeah. colored truck it was a very very vague description yeah. yeah but if it fits it it could you know that could line up yeah it could yeah i mean I, also too i mean i think again we are talking about like the low country in south carolina so i'm sure there are a lot of trucks on the road so like, like I know. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe not but yeah i that yeah so i I, just, I think there's a lot of possibilities there and also too to be clear you know persons of interest does not necessarily mean that they're a suspect persons of interest could just mean that they are you know that the police just want to talk to them more need more need more questions answered but like it doesn't necessarily have to result in in actual charges yeah they just want to talk to you 
They just yeah. want to, you know, see what you were doing that day, where you were coming, where right. you were going, who you were with, what you saw, what you didn't see, yeah. what you heard, <laughs> right. you know. All the questions. All the questions. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I, and I'm, I'd be curious to see, like, what how successful they were and, like, tracking them down. I mean, I'm sure if the stepfather calls it into police, I'm sure it can, can't be that hard. Um, but yeah, so, um, the last piece of, piece of this whole thing that I do have to talk about, and it does not, has nothing to do with Stephen Smith, but it has to do with Alec Murdoch. Um, but it's another one of the Murdoch cases that has absolutely kept me up at night, broke my heart. Um, it has to do with Gloria Satterfield, the 2018 mysterious death. We talked about it before. Um, crazily enough, Alec Murdoch, um, responded to a fraud lawsuit from jail, um, that was filed by the Nautilus Insurance Company. And again, this is like a whole different realm, but just to like kind of sum it up. Um, so when Gloria died, um, you know, the family uh, or the family reached a, a settlement deal with with Alec and they said and he said, um, OK, yeah, sure. I'll pay this amount of money because it was on my property, whatever, whatever. Um, and but the Satterfield family said like they never saw a penny of that. Um, and so there was like a whole thing about that. Go read that for yourself, frankly. But, um, but the, um, so basically, um, he said that he admitted in response, an official response to the lawsuit, um, he had, he said he admitted that, that he owes the insurance company millions of dollars after he claimed he reached the settlement with Gloria's family. Um, he also admitted that he lied about his dogs causing Satterfield's fall to force his insurance to make a settlement payment again, because if this is all an accident, you know, they're more likely to pay if he, if he, you know, had something to do with her death. Probably not. Um, he said that the money from the settlement um, went to an account that he owed on, um, which again is how this whole thing began, um, rather than to the Satter- the Satterfield family. And so he says that that he he basically admits to committing fraud. I mean, that's fraud one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Um, you say money's going here and money go- actually goes here. That is the definition of fraud. So, I mean, I guess he's he's paying his amends in jail. So. Mm-hmm. And I I think also, you know, lying that it, his dogs didn't cause mm-hmm. the fall. And he never said what actually did, by the way. So, yeah. So there's there's still a question mark there. But but he understands, I think, uh, kind of already just given the trial that's already happened, his credibility has oh. kind of already been shot. Zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. Um. So he he's just kind of already I think he knows that that's that's not going for him. So mm-hmm. um, but as far as kind of where he plans on this going, I don't I don't really know. You know, yeah. is he because I feel like if he was fully coming clean, wouldn't he just say the whole story? I mean, yeah. what do you have to lose right. at this point? Right. You know? Yeah. And also, it does kind of give me vibes of like, because he, another thing that I didn't even mention in all this um, is that he's also being um, deposed or was deposed um, for the boat crash too, um, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, the um, boat crash that killed Mallory Beach. And so um, he, mm-hmm. you know, there was no like accusations that he was ever there, but like we all know that Paul was there. Um, and so, um, so that's really interesting. And so it does kind of give me a little bit of, like, like, okay, like, I'll give you this, right? Like, I'll, I'll be, I'll own up about all this. I'll give you as much as I can give you about this one piece of the puzzle. Um, so that way I can get a little bit of leniency on the, like, the murder, the, the double murder on the, you know, botched murder suicide on the boat crash on the, on the Gloria Satterfield death, maybe on the Stephen Smith stuff. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's kind of where, what I'm getting out of all this is that it's just like trying to buy some brownie points here. Well, and I think also, so when you've grown up in mm. um, 
in a family that has power and all you know is power and when you've literally lost everything and this is the only thing that you can hold on to yeah. you're still exercising that power yeah well I, you? yeah that's so true and i was thinking that too because it like all all he's ever known in his entire life is you know is you know you give me this i'll give you this and so like that i mean old habits die hard right and so that's you're definitely right about that a little bit of like me like maybe he is like you know like you know just trying to play his game still because he's played games his whole life his parents played mm-hmm. games his whole life their whole lives their parents played games their whole lives and so he's still playing those legal legal games i guess so mm-hmm. Man, uh, when it never ends. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. We're gonna have a, we have a couple more updates up our sleeves, huh? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, just I think like looking forward to Labor Day. I mean, I mm. am so on Amen. my seat, like just waiting yeah. to see kind of what's going to happen with Stephen Smith. And who knows? We could be doing another one of these updates oh, here in a couple months. <laughs> we definitely will. You know, I'll have you on any time, Michelle. Um. So also, and uh, yeah, and also when I heard Labor Day, I was like, Labor Day? I was like, really? I was like. Going Fourth of July, like, are you kidding? Yeah, so, yeah, but so yeah, so and uh, there's so much to talk about, but also too because we're talking about our update episodes. It's the third up- update episode I've done on a case so far. So this is your reminder um, at home. Um, you know, if you wherever you're listening right now, turn on notifications because whenever we have more information to give you about a case that we've already covered, like we're going to drop in. It's not going to be on a Wednesday. It's going to be on some random day um, because I know that you guys want it as soon as possible. And so turn on your no- your notifications that way you can get it as soon as possible too because it'll tell you when we drop a new episode um and again it's not going to be on a regular week i don't want you guys to miss a thing about these cases because i know i don't want to miss a thing about these cases i know michelle doesn't want to miss a thing about these cases and so we want you just as caught up as we are yeah i mean the news hound knows never stop sniffing oh no 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 and speaking of, so speaking of news hound so michelle last time we talked um you you were in a little bit of a different place and so i want to give you the opportunity to plug your your new situation um and to plug your <laughs> your digital worlds and your online stuff. So tell everyone what you got going on right now. Yeah. So last time we talked, I had stepped away from news for a little bit and I have stepped back into news since we did our last episode. And so I am now a morning anchor at Local 3 News in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I love it. It feels so good being back. It's been about two months now, um, waking up really early in the morning, <laughs> that, two, that 2 a.m. alarm. It's not that bad, but it, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I'm actually up past my bedtime right now, but I don't work tomorrow, so that's okay. Um, but no, I've like loved like seeing Liam again, and he actually just like left me a whole great big thing of files. I need to take a picture of it and tweet it. But spe- speaking of Twitter, if you want to follow me, I'm at Michelle Local, the number three news. And so you can follow me there. You can also search me on Facebook, Michelle here in Local Three. I'm on there. I'm on the LinkedIn. I'm on, on I'm on all of it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Chattanooga is so much better that you're back in the mix. And so I'm so happy for you to do that. And so, um, you know, drop Michelle a line and tell her about all these cases that you need, that you need a little bit of attention to, that you want her to take a look at. Um, she's your gal. So I am, so, we're so excited to have Michelle back and we're so excited to, um, to, 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 for the, the, the whole area is so excited to, to have you, to have you back on having your eyes on things. And so that, that's a good, that's a good thing. So it's been so welcoming and that's been really heartwarming. Yeah. Excellent. So speaking of Stephen Smith, just one more time. So, um, since, 
you know, all of this kind of came back into the news within the last, you know, year or two. Um, Eric Bland, the attorney, said that they have received more than 40 tips um, to the um, to the official SLED investi- investigators that have helped them really drive home this investigation. Um, and right now, they are offering a $35,000 reward for information. So, if you know anything about the death of Stephen Smith, call SLED, the, sta- the uh, South Carolina State Law Enforcement Division, um, at 8- 0-3-737-9000 or the Crime Stoppers of the Low Country at 843-554-1111 and we're also going to put that number on our website and in our show notes too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my god, Michelle, it's been such a pleasure having you back on. We will have you back on so soon. Um but in the meantime, um if you all are just, you know, dying for, you know, more crime crime over wine and are just wondering how you can tell everyone and everyone every other person about this podcast. The best way to do that is to leave us a five-star review and a rating wherever you are listening to us right now. But in the meantime, we are just going to have to see you for a regularly scheduled episode this coming Wednesday. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.